with another episode of Bend, Break, Burn, and Blow with Josiah Dyer and Aaron Guyette. We're talking, well, we've, we've gone through worship. Now, I think it just seems natural to go into scripture. Uh, and when I say scripture, I don't just mean like ancient scroll writings. Uh, I mean, particularly God's word, his special revelation to us. And uh, or the Holy Bible or the 66 uh, books of the Bible um, as a a Reformed Protestant would view scripture as. And so I think that's probably an okay starting point for what is scripture. But what is what, what do I mean by God's special revelation? Yeah, so obviously we would be distinguishing scripture from uh, natural revelation, which all all mankind can uh, see and in some way innately recognize um, God through creation, through the natural revelation. You can see it and you can um, ascertain that it, it the necessity for um, intelligent design and the need for a creator and stuff. Uh, but scripture being special revelation would be the aspects and the attributes of God, the thing, the knowledge that God wants to impart to us that mankind cannot innately recognize and see in the world around him. Yeah. You will, yeah, not, I, you will not come to these conclusions on your own. Yeah. And I might even add on, you know, the way I, the way I usually state it is uh, God's natural revelation makes all humankind all man morally culpable whether whether they're actually whether they are actually able to articulate their recognition of god's handiwork of god's creation right that's Um, right but but they they might be blinded right to that um as as scripture would say or or they might not be able to to see but they but they are still morally culpable because like we were saying the worship Right, the natural state of nature is worshiping God. That's right. Um, and so the heavens declare His glory. Right, the the earth would declare that. And and so then we we can see that whether we see that. Right. Or, That's right. And there is kind of a gradient overlap there, where the natural revelation is sufficient to convict you to your sin and need of saving. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, special revelation is the only place where you find out the nature and um, character and person of the saving, which, which is Jesus Christ. So That's special right. revelation is where yeah. you actually get the savior that natural revelation is capable of convicting you to. Yeah. And so you're saying um, Atonement can be had through special revelation, but atonement cannot be had through just witnessing a, a tree grow. That's right. Right. Um, I mean, to kind of dumb that down a, a bit, which is, which I think is good. So then going into God's word to us, right? So why do, why would why do people call it God's word to us if there's human writers? Right. So... <laughs> Um, dipping right back into the idea of special revelation, what what we're implying is that God has specifically revealed these things to man, specific men, at particular points in history. Mm-hmm. 
and that he has um, enabled through the Holy Spirit these men to make record of said revelations. And he has enabled them to make a record, to make a record sufficient for salvation and edification, and has specifically preserved this record throughout history um, to maintain record of his revelation to posterity after to the point after so um, real quick what do you mean by posterity or is that what you're going through right and so that's what i go through so um god dealt with men in different ways in different times Mm -hmm. and so after the revelation of his son uh, at the incarnation and then the subsequent pouring out of the spirit and through the apostolic age that after the apostles died the need for certain sign gifts and certain workings of the holy spirit um, have been done away with but we maintain the record of his specific dealings with people throughout history throughout the ages to come this age and in throughout ages to come generations to come we maintain that record of his specific revelations to different people so that um we're not continuing to get ongoing revelation in the same day, same way that we did in the past. Okay. Um, so real quick, I'm going to jump back to, to something that you said. Um, you said, you know, God is interacting through specific men, right? Giving them words uh, to, to write down and interact and engage with the, the certain people at that time. And, and then you said in different ways, but let's k- kind of, juxtapose that or connect that with God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. So how, I mean, how can we know that through God's special revelation? Um, And then how can we, so then how can we say he's acting different? Mm -hmm. Right. So he's not acting different. That's right. His, his attributes are still the same. His character is still the same. His nature is still the same. The nature in which we (laughs) interact with him. Yeah. And he interacts with us. Yeah is different um namely the uh, namely having to do with the fact that all of the the functions of the interaction between god and man have been fulfilled through christ christ is the great prophet christ is the high priest christ is the reigning king yes all of the interactions throughout um, the Old Testament and and the way that God was revealing himself to mankind, um, he revealed himself through people who were functioning in roles that, that those roles would be fulfilled and um, culminate in the atoning work of Christ in, in his continued activity before the Father in, in those very roles. So that's why we don't have... We don't have priests today using the umum and the and the thumen, you know, yeah. to divine the will of God. Yeah. We don't have prophets who, accompanied by minstrels, are going into um, a prophetic trance-like state and recording the word of God for us. That Christ fulfills all of those functions now. And so, uh, digress a little bit. So God hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed is the fact that all of those functions 
are being currently fulfilled by Jesus Christ. And we have a record of this to be able to give testimony to the faithfulness of God. And what that does is gives us the opportunity for hope and faith in in God's future um, covenant dealings with his people. Yeah. And so we can uh, kind of yeah, all that down. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a lot there. And then I also want to talk a little bit about the, the verbal aspect of God's word, the mm-hmm. plenary aspect of God's word. So verbal meaning every single word, even the lavicula, all the like greetings and things like that at the beginning right. and the ends of letters and, and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. and then, but then also plenarily. So the whole of scripture, all of it robustly is his special revelation. And then, um, and then it's done confluently. So it's done right through humans writing. Um, and, and then, and then there are, um, different ways in which we that that his word is revealed right so in like poetry and in song and and then in uh, proverbs and then in narrative narrative and and prophetic Mm -hmm. right uh revealings of what's going to happen in the future and then some of those you know what's going to happen and then it did happen right with uh christ uh in incarnation um Right. So there's there's a bunch of different things, I think, even to unpack there to kind of understand a little bit more clearly what scripture is. Um, And so maybe to help, it's like maybe we can talk about what it's not. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, thanks so much for checking out Bend, Break, Burn and Blow with Josiah Dyer and me, Aaron Guyette. If you like the show, give us a review share it with your friends, give us some feedback. We really appreciate it. Well, sure. And let's start off by what it's for. Yeah. Because understanding the purpose gives you insight. You you preface with the purpose and then that gives you insight as to exactly what it is and how it's used. And the purpose is to um, glorify God. In the way that it glorifies God is that it shows um, his steadfastness his perseverance his honesty and reveals that he is a god who does what he says he's going to do then and in in the future well and i think we'll we'll unpack the purpose of it more in the why right why Mm -hmm. scripture right because this is more just what what it is right but so so why are there some letters from from the apostles or apparent even letters from the apostles, like the the gospel of Thomas, for instance, or something like that. Right. Or uh, Mary Magdalene's writing allegedly. Right. But why, so why are some of these things or even uh, you know, some of, some of the, the books that are in like a a Roman Catholic Bible, for instance, right. Yeah. The Apocrypha are not Mm going to be in uh, our, our Bibles. So what, what delineates, what makes that, what makes one canon, maybe what is canon, right? What makes one canon and one not? What makes one God's word and one not God's word? Okay. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think three, three major, three major things. One of them is not always followed. And, and that one is um, knowing the author, right? And being able to verify authorship. Yeah. And you're talking about Hebrews? Hebrews, Job, um, Daniel. Yeah. uh, And so Hebrews and Job biggies, but then moving into 
uh, like li the liberal postmodern liberal approach to uh, textual critic criticism yeah, yeah. Um, of the Bible and then, you know, questioning the authorship of Daniel and stuff like that. Or that, even revelation. That's right. And yeah. dating yeah, and yeah, you know, yeah. all of that. That's kind of a separate issue. Yeah. But the, so then the so two authorship, biggies, authorship big. yeah. um, concerning the Apocrypha, it would be whether or not God was actually communicating with his people in a way that makes um, those books scripture. And so uh, like a special revealing, right? It makes those right. a special like, yes, obviously there's a communication happening there. That's but right. is it a special revealing of God? and two man that's right we're just historical for, account yeah you know so like take maccabees and yeah. you know uh things like that yeah. that what separates them from the works of josephus you know they're a historical record yeah but then what would separate them from josephus um as history and put them in the realm of scripture right yeah and, and they would be canonized would be them being written by a prophet of God as the words of God and proven, verified, true, um, revealed to be true prophecies from God. Um, and you don't have that because uh, in, in the book of Malachi, uh, uh, God departs, the spirit of God departs, right? And there he's no longer conversing with his people. You got the 400 years of silence. Right. And so those books from they were written from in those years are not considered canonical by Protestants because God is considered not speaking to his people uh, during those during those years. There is no prophetic revelation and yeah. no, nothing that comes out of that time period is considered scripture. Yeah. And it, and it is interesting and we don't have to get into this now. So you authorship. um uh, timing, but then, uh, but then ver verification by, right, Jesus Christ chosen. That's right. Apostles, That's right? right. Um, so there's a. I think there's a couple things, a couple ways we can go. But um, uh, so one of them is, what about all these people, and and bringing up whataboutisms can bring up a lot of whataboutisms. But there's a lot of people that are like, oh well, Constantine just, you know dictated um as a as a good caesar would that this is and and obviously I, you know i would refute that but what what would be your refutation to this idea that there was a reigning ruler that had a bunch of power and so he was just like puzzah yeah i would say do some more do some more research yeah do better research do better right? research yeah, yeah. like actually actually look into the council of nicaea yeah um, besides how it just was created who yeah besides just knowing who the emperor was yeah and where was it held yeah yeah um actually actually do some more research into how the council actually functioned and how long it how long the deliberations went what what the um what the course of deliberation looked like you yeah. know and, and who was there and who were the main voices and and what were the arguments on both sides yeah you know there's a whole lot more uh, that goes into it than just blanketing everything yeah well and I, and then i would also add into that so while you're doing that research uh look to see 
try to do other parallel historical writings, right, of the of the right. time and see how in, incredibly and seemingly miraculous, imagine that, how the preservation of these books have been through history and the, the tumult that they have gone through right. and still remained uh, incredibly intact um, and incredibly accurate. So the, the whole telephone thing is the other yeah. thing that said, right, and then the, the preservation of the documents. But well, nobody has a problem with Caesar crossing the Rubicon. Right. But those are far less uh, verified and, and far less preserved than most of the 66 books. In the That's right. That's right. There's there's far more there's far more evidence mm. for uh for not only you know Christ's existence but also the the preservation of scripture and the apostles yeah. and the veracity of the Bible than there is for any for even Julius Caesar existing yeah at all yes. as a person correct yeah and so it's it's purely ignorance yeah um, it's willful ignorance mm. to take those lines of um debate yeah that's know. been revealed in scriptures that's been revealed in Roman <laughs> chapter <laughs> we got we got a verse for that <laughs> yeah and so i would also say read the read church fathers you know yeah. read polycarp read athanasius read yeah. irenaeus and eusebius and yeah. eusebius and yeah. look at who they're quoting look at who they're not quoting yeah look at who they're speaking against and calling heretics and and the things that they're arguing yeah. which brings us to the last um, the last uh, item of canon, why it's canon of canonization, yeah. which would be the, the Gnostic literature, which mm -hmm. you know all the, those those um, gospels of Thomas and all that are considered Gnostic literature, and the assault on the early church by there was a there was a bunch of different flavors of Gnosticism, mm -hmm. um, but they all very clearly. Um, take exception with 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 core points of doctrine of the christian faith mm -hmm. the divinity of christ um the virgin birth i mean and, and then and then not to mention um the the bodily resurrection you know yeah. the christ christ actually having a physical body the you know the end so the incarnation yeah um or, or the three persons of of god that's right, right the trinity yeah yeah tr trinitarian doctrine mm -hmm. and so they have been deemed gnostic and they're not uh canonized um and they've been deemed that by the saints of of our faith the patriarchs of our faith yeah um because they disagree with the entire body of scripture yeah well it's 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 so funny because it's the the gnostic and hermeticist perspective is today's new age religion sure but it's like antiquities new age right like that started way before yeah. this new age religion that we experience that's right and and obviously that's more just we don't have to dive into the yeah. depths of that but it's like that's what scripture is not well is it, which it helps us understand what scripture is yeah see genesis chapter one right the new age isn't new yeah. and <laughs> and if you want to chase that rabbit hole start in genesis one yeah and then study Hermes yeah. and, and, and find go. the links and yeah. it should be pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think we've about covered it. Is there, are there any other hanging points that, um, yeah, we discussed and hopefully it makes sense. Uh, I, I didn't go deep into the verbal plenary confluent aspect of 
scripture, but I don't think right. it needed to be. I don't think we need to kill these dead horses because there's links in the show notes right. to check out, you know, way more writings and, and conversations and videos on this. Right. Suffice to say that scripture is um, God revealing himself to man through man via the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And he has preserved that um, for us. Yeah. Oh, so that that actually does bring up one one last point. <clears throat> so, I've got I've got scripture here, my sixty six books of God's word to us, special special revelation, him, him revealing us, especially here. What about in Acts when, um, you know, the 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 new converts are speaking in tongues, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. right? Or if somebody is saying something uh, specific to somebody, oh, I've been moved by the Spirit, right? And then we can even roll that into today, right? So what? why, why are those things not recorded and written down in Scripture through the course of the last 2,000 years? Okay, so why it why are what the people who were saying in acts not recorded yeah or anytime anybody was speaking in tongues with an interpreter right as paul was writing to uh -huh. you know, some of the different churches and sure. saying hey if you're gonna you know speak in tongues and corinthians is a good example right then you should have an interpret an interpreter there should or there should be interpretation um and you're when you're speaking it's to edify and so obviously these things are and maybe it would be going out on a limb, but it it would seem that they are special revealings, right? God sort of specially revealing himself um, through a human by giving them words or giving them at least the ability to say words. Yeah, so I was, I was trying to find it right there. I couldn't find it. I can't remember where it was. Um, so we, we would, I would say that Tongues, glossolalia right there should not be, uh, I'd say it's a translation issue. And that is one of one of several words that when we, we continue to revise translation from the King James, that word did not make the boat. And so that word glossolalia is translated into the King James as tongues. Because in the in the English, in the King James English, tongues means languages. Yeah. You hear a man speaking in his native tongue. Yeah. Right. His native language. Yeah. I wish that like the NASB and the ESB, they would change that word to languages. Because um, I do not think that they were they were speaking in something that was unintelligible. Mm to any anyone in any language yeah they were every man was hearing in in his language yeah right in in the book of acts how is it that we hear yeah so you start speaking to me in if chinese you're, if you're chinese yeah and i don't know chinese and i start to uh then that is that gift. Yeah. That is that gift. And 
the need for a translator is for the edification of all the other people in the room who are not Chinese. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that it doesn't become, I think that it was to guard against, uh, yeah. to guard against pride um, and the elevation of certain, certain persons. Right. So that they had this power. Yeah. It was, that was um, unattainable to anyone else. Yeah. Right. And it didn't edify the body. And that, and now that's power outside of Christ because that's it's right. this selfish desire that, and, and lo and behold, look what the false gift of tongues does in the churches who um, who practice it and consider it a prerequisite uh, or a requisite of, uh, of salvation. Of salvation. Of salvation. Yeah. yeah, it's become exactly what I think Paul was intending it uh, not to be yeah. in, in Corinthians, which was a an exclusionary gift, yeah. right? Yeah. Like oh you don't have this so you so you suck that's right right you, or, or you're not or you're not saved or you're not saved yeah. or you know or I do yeah. this better I you know yeah I speak in tongues in the middle of my sentences you know it's, I'm so holy you know it's, no, that's just that Louisiana speak <laughs> only we got snakes <laughs> yeah so um so then why is that not considered canon? Uh, you know, why don't we take those? Why aren't those things? Yeah. Down? I think, you know, some, interestingly enough, some of them did make in the canon. Yeah. Right. So we, we've got the occurrences of, um, I can't remember his name, you know, where Paul is going, is going to go to Jerusalem and mm -hmm. is prophesied over that like this, you will be taken and men will take you where, you know, um, and shows, shows Paul that he's going to be bound and, and taken away. That made it in the scripture. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. there there are instances where yeah. where the Holy Spirit has decided that that some of those revelations should make it into scripture. Well, maybe we'll save this for for the how. I think we can add some extra stuff to the how. So check out the why, uh, which is coming up next, and then the how, and then we'll jump into maybe some more parsing a part of of being being a priest a king and a prophet but but then a prophet in what sense not a prophet in i'm representing that's right right some sort of canonical writing a prophet as in the the testimony of jesus christ as the spirit of prophecy. That, that's right right yeah so that's that's a good that's a good stopping point until next time bend break burn and blow Thank you for listening to this episode of Bend, Break, Burn, and Blow with Josiah Dyer and me, Aaron Guyette. We challenge you. Disciple in Christ. Sharpen your swords. Love your wives. And catechize your kids.